Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing shielding the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo will for you come Coming at you with stats and things, flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. (laughs) That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. (laughs) Just go with what you saw today. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. You'll be wrong often, but then you can just point back to when you were right. No one will remember. No one's listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Thursday evening. Bo Wolf, Shukapadia from our respective basements as we prepare for the biggest game of the season for this Eagles team Sunday late afternoon in Arlington, not Dallas. The Eagles take on the Cowboys with first place on the line and Shiel has produced a banger to get everybody ready with his fantastic Jason Kelsey story that drops uh, Friday morning, but most, most of you will presumably have read it by then. Nevertheless, we move on. We've got lots to talk about. This is our first podcast of the week. We'll do lots of uh, different stuff. Bird on the street, bird lines, bird processing. Shield, for some reason, wants to talk about Max Kellerman. I don't know what that's about, but we've got a lot to get to. How you doing? Good, but we only have 58 minutes, right? So we, we need to get right to it. No small talk. Yeah, that's, that's what you think. <clears throat> okay, well... You told me we have 58 minutes uh, yeah. left on our memory card. So <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure out how to delete, so... Uh, we're just we're, we're going forward. What uh, do you feel like the juice level is is this week? Is it what you would expect from a Eagles Cowboys December game with first place on the line? You know, well, I guess we'll, we can talk about this, but it feels like for such an important game for uh, I don't understand why why Kamu Grugier Hill's comments are like the most important story in Philadelphia, like. There's there's a there's a real important game to be played. Who cares that he says Dallas is uh, our chokers? There couldn't be a more hilarious. Like you could have given me, <laughs> you know, you could have said like Sheila, you get 25 guesses about who may say something this week, uh, you know, to whatever it's called bulletin board material, whatever about the Cowboys. I would not have had Camus Grugier Hill on that list. I think it was just sort of a throwaway comment. At the end of an interview, but uh, yeah, he's got a little bit of—I mean, he's got a little bit of uh, verbal diarrhea. I certainly don't think it was—I certainly don't think it was um, a planned uh, bulletin board material thing on his part. But I mean, who cares? It's funny. Yeah, who cares? It's crazy. I don't think that I don't think that the juice uh, so far this week necessarily matches the importance of the game. But I feel like come Sunday, the juice will be there. I think that's true. I don't know if people are Eagles fans are just not buying into the team, which would be understandable if they're hesitant to get sucked back in after maybe a couple of weeks ago, they felt like the season was over what the case is. But yeah, I think as we get closer to game time, I mean, this city's going to be going pretty bonkers. I feel like if they win Sunday, especially in, in somewhat convincing fashion or not, actually it probably doesn't matter, but if they win Sunday, and are in first place, I feel like people will be ready to uh, talk themselves into some stuff, depending on the exact nature of that victory. So uh, it is a big one. Yeah, I don't see why not. And I got to say, you know, for myself, I, this is really the first I've uh, dug really into the matchup. I don't think I've done the, uh, you know, we've both been focusing on different stories. I haven't really, uh, and also the Monday night game plays into this. I don't know if I have given the matchup itself as much attention as it deserves. That said, these teams did play each other three weeks ago, so uh, for the players and for us, it is it is already familiar. This is true. So, how do we start? Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Um, Practice-wise, injury-wise for the Eagles, uh, let's see, not participating in practice. Jordan Hicks, Tim Jernigan, Avante Maddox, Jalen Mills, and Jason Peters. Michael Bennett didn't practice today. But he was a limited participant on Wednesday. I think all expectations are this is the same as it was for him last week, that he will play come Sunday. I think Jason Peters 
is likely to play on Sunday as well. The rest of those guys, you know, the Doug Peterson hinted on Tuesday that, that maybe Avante Maddox would be ready to come back this week. Seems like a bit of a stretch at this point. Um, so I don't know. I think you could be rolling out there that, that same secondary you had last week. Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones on the outside. Craven LeBlanc in the nickel. And who really cares? Dak Prescott's not throwing it down the field anyway. It's all about tackling Ezekiel Elliott. Well, that would be my guess. When, when Doug Peterson said that earlier this week, I thought, oh, Avante Maddox, maybe he can come in and fill, uh, fill in for Corey Graham there and play some safety. But yeah, with him not participating in practice yet, that seems like a long shot. Uh, I agree with your assessments of everybody else. You're not going to have Jordan Hicks for this game. Uh, Jalen Mills had like something. Did you see him in the locker room today? I saw him in the locker room, but very yeah, briefly. He, I mean, he's got some type of contraption on his foot. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think he's very close uh, to returning. I don't, I don't think it was a brace. I don't think it was a cast. I don't know exactly what it was, but it did not, uh, it did not look good there for him. And and uh, yeah, I agree. Jason Peters and Michael Bennett, you would think, would be able to play in this game. So, I think there's the Cowboys that don't have much going on injury wise, right? Plus, they have an extra few days of rest from the Saints game, the Thursday nighter. It's true, but if you remember the first meeting, the Eagles were coming off a bye and the Cowboys were coming off a Monday night game, and that didn't seem to matter. Oh, yeah. I don't think, I don't think that. I'm just, I just went yeah. from an injury standpoint. Yeah. So should we start? Let, let's start. You mentioned Ezekiel let's Elliott get into and, it. The, and the Cowboys offense. Let's start there. The Cowboys offense against the Eagles defense in the first meeting, Ezekiel Elliott ran all over them. 151 yards, 19 carries. You know, it's not a great... Eagles run defense. We know that by this point uh, in the season, they are a little banged up. They have linebackers playing without thumbs. They have <laughs> defensive backs who are not have not shown to be very good against the run. And, but they put their uh, pants on just like everybody else. Put their pants on just like everybody else. So, I mean, you know what you're going to get when you face the Cowboys. They don't have like a bag of tricks that they're going to unveil on Sunday. They're going to give Ezekiel Elliott the ball a lot. They're going to give it to him a lot on first down. And I think he'll probably have a very good game against the Eagles. The Cowboys rank uh, 23rd overall in offensive DVOA, 24th in weighted DVOA, uh, 27th on offense, and 11th rushing the ball. The Eagles defense, 21st overall, 25th in weighted DVOA, which means they have been playing worse lately, which I think we could all agree on. 19th against the pass and 20th against the run. Uh, Jim Schwartz touched on this, and and it's one of those things that sounds like uh, cliche coach speak, but I, I think is actually true this week. Uh, the importance for the defense of of actually everybody rallying to the football. Uh, and I know that that is like, okay, everybody's got to do that. But this Eagles defense ranks 32nd in open field yards allowed. Uh, they've given up a bunch of long runs. They did it against Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously, they gave up a 90-yard run to Adrian Peterson last week. I think we, we remarked on this in the press box during the game last week that aside from that run, uh, it did seem like the defense was rallying to the football a little bit more last week, and uh, they have no excuses this week. They, they need to do that. I think that is a, uh, an, an actual key for them against, against this offense. What is open field yards? What does that measure? Uh, I believe it measures the relative to the rest of the league, the yards that you're allowing in the open field. So basically it's a measure of uh, secondary and linebacker tackling. Okay. Well, that makes all the sense in the world then. Yes. It passes the eye test. Uh, yeah. You know, Adrian Peterson did not have a big game other than that, but I don't know. I'm always like, well, he did have a 90 yard run like that counts right. for a lot. So uh, we will see. You know, I think is I think uh, Elliot will definitely have a, a good game here. I would be surprised if he didn't. I mean, they'll gear up to stop the run. I think the Eagles have some advantages up front, but uh, he is a very good back. And against their current linebackers and against their secondary, uh, I think they probably will have a tough time. So that is not a matchup that I see working. In the Eagles' favor, I mean, they'll focus on getting those stops on early downs and forcing Prescott into third and long situations. There's no doubt about it, and I I feel like this is a game where the Cowboys will probably move the ball fairly effectively, and it will come down to can the Eagles get stops in the red zone. Well, the other thing is that <clears throat> the Cowboys' offensive line, 31st in pass protection. They, they, Dak Prescott has been sacked 
the second most often in the league in terms of sack rate. Uh, I didn't realize that he was sacked seven times against the Saints last week, sacked four times by the Eagles when they played a few weeks ago. This is, uh, as as Joe Banner says, this is an, an opportunity for the defensive line. And I think I think it's, uh, you know, we have said it's sort of time for, for Fletcher Cox to make a big play. I think it's time for the Eagles defensive line to, to force a turnover, to get a, a, you know, or even just, you know, a couple early sacks. We talk about how, uh, you know, we agree that sacks are, are now so... Uh, overrated that they're underrated because sacks are so much more important and impactful than just simple uh, quarterback hits and quarterback pressures because that's the best way to kill a drive other than an actual turnover yeah a few numbers <clears throat> on the amount of sacks that the that the cowboys have given up so like you mentioned uh dak has been sacked on 11 percent of his dropbacks that's second worst in the nfl uh, i look to see has that number been different since the amari cooper trade you know gives them another option to get rid of the football it has not it has actually been worse right it's been 12.2 percent uh since the cooper trade which is not good and then you know i looked into some of the numbers on how our team's getting those sacks against the Cowboys. And really a lot of teams have done it with just a four man pass rush. I mean, the numbers high with just a four man rush, it's 11.8%, which is the worst mark in the league against, you know, for any quarterback facing a, a four man rush, uh, he's taking sacks on a higher percentage of plays than any quarterback in the NFL. So that is just like a huge number in the favor uh, of the Eagles. That's how they want to play. Like Jim Schwartz loves making jokes about how little he blitzes now. Have you noticed that? Yes. We'll see. Yeah, somebody said <clears throat> it doesn't yeah. seem like you've blitzed much lately and says at all. I think they ha- yeah, they've had what like, you know. No, he, he oh. go, I think he muttered that's an under, an understatement. That's right. You're right. He loves the mutter. This is his new jam. When a question is being asked and a reporter poses some type of fact or a preface to a question, he loves to offer a little little muttered comment. I love to mutter as well. I although it's more of a it's more you of a, do an, love to mutter. An I can vouch for that. Yeah, as someone who sits next to you for like way too many hours of my yeah. life. You and you and my wife could have a long conversation about uh-huh. about my the frustrations of me muttering. Usually when think, I'm muttering, it's because I'm just talking to myself. I think I, I would enjoy <laughs> that. Can you bring her on, please? <laughs> Yeah, there's a funny uh, thing that's been happening to me <clears throat> where in the morning, if I'm wearing, uh, you know, like a sweater that has, uh, you know, like a, a little zipper down the front, not like a full zip, but a quarter zip or whatever, yeah. uh, I forget that like in the course of the morning as I'm playing with Casey, Casey loves zippers, so he will pull that zipper all the way to the bottom. And so I will go about my day for like <clears throat> a couple hours not realizing that my zipper is all the way down. And so, like, I'm dropping Casey off at daycare, just bearing, like, full chest or, like, walking around. No, no shirt underneath? Well, it's a, it's a V-neck under, uh, undershirt, so it still goes uh, okay. to the chest. You don't want to show okay. the undershirt. We've been over this before. Although I will say <clears throat> it's, it's a little different, I feel, like, when you're wearing the uh, half-zip sweater. I mean, I only wear that with a collared shirt underneath. Yeah, that's different. A collared shirt's different. But I feel like it's weird to be wearing that and uh, giving off the impression that you might have nothing underneath that bad boy. <laughs> I feel like that's an odd look. I think you got to look into that. Well, it's that's fine, but you might need some crew. It, you may need some crew neck uh, t-shirts a, if you don't. I, I'm wear, not going crew necks. If you don't want to wear a collared shirt under underneath. Well, I could just wear a regular t-shirt underneath if if that's what you're worried about. But that's not. Okay. What's, but it's still, it's been a funny thing where I like around noon. On these days, I'll realize that my, that I've got to pull my uh, my zipper up. Yeah, if I was a parent <clears throat> and dropping off uh, my kid, and I saw a dad with a half zip <laughs> sweater, and I felt like he had no shirt underneath, I would be very much judging him. Not that I'm one to do such a thing, but you yeah, know, you're not judging at all. Hypothetically, uh, another note on <clears> that. <throat> you know, it feels like so many of these weeks we're like, oh, the opposing quarterback gets rid of the football quickly. It's going to be tough to get to him. Not the case. Not the case at all here. He likes to extend plays. It's not just extending plays. I mean, certainly he's good at that. He's picked up third down, uh, first downs with his legs scrambling. But, you know, sometimes he's just in the pocket looking around for a while, and you definitely have a chance to get to him. So I am absolutely with you. I don't think they need to blitz much. I think this is a game where the four-man rush should dominate. I asked our uh, athletic colleague, 
Bob Sturm in Dallas. I said, you know, get, what's the lowdown on kind You've of been the, talking to Bob? <clears throat> I sent him a little Slack message. I didn't know. I feel so left out. I can't believe you've been talking to, to BS. You know, we really, I was thinking he would have been great to have on the podcast. Yeah, we should have done I, that. I, I heard him do like a, you know, he has his, he does radio in Dallas, but I also heard him like call in to one of, uh, I forget where it was here. And uh, he was very good. He was like crushing uh, the Cowboys. Riders uh, on the stern. We got to get that. We got to make that happen. Maybe he'll be, he'll, be, he'll uh, want to stick around for the postgame pot. <laughs> Somehow I don't think so. Uh, but anyway, he said, you know, I was asking what's the, what are the weak links up there in your opinion of the Cowboys offensive line and pass protection? He said right tackle Lyle Collins, which I think we probably could have guessed. Yep. He said, he said left guard Xavier Suafilo, Suafilo. <clears throat> former second well, round pick, what? I think, right? I wasn't like studying him in that first game, but I remember like on some plays I was like, this guy's not playing badly. Hmm. And uh, and so I think uh, Bob said that, you know, that was probably his best game. That was not uh, representative of how he's played uh, the entire season. So uh, I think he played well against the Eagles last game, but he's someone who certainly can be had. Collins is somebody who certainly can be had. Uh, I think they're expecting Tyron Smith back at left tackle. He didn't play in the first game. And, and Bob did say they've had a lot of trouble. They have had trouble um, against certain blitz looks, whether it's, um, you know, the back picking up the blitz or Dak recognizing it or communication up front. So, um, you know, I, I actually think the Eagles, what, what did Schwartz say? They've blitzed three times total the last two weeks. Something like that. I feel like they'll mix them in maybe a little bit more, um, but you definitely don't need to. Sprinkle uh, a little sugar on the egg app. Yeah, I think they'll, I think they'll, that number will be a little bit higher. Uh, I don't think it'll be as high as it's been like season long, which I think is around 17%. Uh, that should be a game in London, yeah. Right, yeah. I think this is a game where you should be able to get there with your, your front four. I think that makes sense. And then, of course, there are the matchups in the passing game. You love to rip uh, Dak for not throwing it downfield, which is backed up by most of the numbers, although he did hit and Michael Gallup. Yeah, he did hit Michael Gallup on a little, little uh, deep ball in the last game. He, down the he left also side overthrew line. him, or was that Alan Hearns? Uh, no, I think he did overthrow, overthrow him on the right side. So, yeah, this is not an explosive offense. Even with uh, Amari Cooper, you look at the numbers, it's not like they're chucking it all over the place. I thought your first number there about the weighted DVOA for the Cowboys offense was pretty interesting, wasn't it? Yes, they are they're 23rd and then 24th. So, basically, they're not even that much better recently. If at all, not better at all. They're worse, yes. <clears throat> which uh, goes against kind of uh, the narrative, which, I, you know, I think we'll get to when we talk about their defense, which is really more responsible. But uh, it has not been a prolific passing attack. I was trying to look at the numbers that were most different since they got Amari Cooper. And the biggest one is third down. They've been very good on third down the last five games. I think they're up around 48, 49 percent. If you looked at it before Amari Cooper, they were one of the worst in the NFL. So uh, he's given them the ability to extend drives. I think he's got 10 third down catches. He has been very good. He's an excellent route runner. Uh, We know they're going to try to set up double moves against these outside cornerbacks. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But it's a it's a sustaining uh, efficient. That's what it wants to be. Kind of this efficient offense that strings together long drives, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 plays, whatever, pick, convert third downs and then, uh, convert in the red zone. That's sort of how they need to play to be successful. Well, first of all, that sounds familiar. That sounds like what we've been talking about with what the Eagles are trying to do right now. Uh, but as for the Eagles, you know, you look at their, um, performances against individual receivers, according to football outsiders, it's a little tough because, uh, the secondary has been so different all season long. But that said, against number one receivers, they are 11th, 27th against number two receivers, 23rd against other, 6th best against tight ends, and 21st against running backs. Ezekiel Elliott, of course, made a, a big play in the passing game last game. This will be the first time since, oh, geez, I don't know, when the Eagles will have the, the same, presumably the same uh, nickel personnel in the secondary for two games in a row. Mm, good point. But you are right. Uh, Elliot has been good in the passing game, not only uh, against the Eagles, if you look at it really the last five games or so. I think he's got 
the second most targets or the second most catches on the team. So I wonder if the Eagles will cook something up for that. I mean, do you really want your linebackers against him? Is there a defensive back on the roster who you say, all right, you can match up with him? Do you put Malcolm Jenkins on him? I mean, that I think is sort of a uh, – there's the cough. I think that is a, you know, sort of one of the key matchups for them. I agree. Cole Beasley is still the Cowboys' leading receiver. He is? He is. Wow. What a guy. I think I feel like Cravon LeBlanc should be able to cover him. Yeah, I mean, Cole Beasley's putting, you know, his, his pants aren't even that big. <laughs> Although I, I, LeBlanc does like to be a little grabby, so I haven't seen who the officials are. That's, that's true. You know, that, certainly, um, that certainly could be a factor. All right. Is that it for the Eagles offense or the Eagles defense against the Cowboys offense? Let's see. We did. We did Dak. We did Cooper. Gallup is their deep threat. I think he's averaging 16, 17 yards uh, per reception. So if they are going to throw deep, it probably will be to him. And it'll probably be against Russell Douglas. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it could be against Sidney Jones, too. I mean, he hasn't uh, established himself as someone to not throw deep against, I feel. That's but you're right. I mean, Douglas gave up the deep ball. Uh, yeah, Russell is good. Week. Good for getting beat deep at least once a game. Oh, jeez, that's true. He was. I mean, he's he's <laughs> probably a, a good guy to have in the secondary this week, and to help in run support. But that's true. That's true. The way the Cowboys play. So, okay. Yeah. Yep. That's all I got. All right. Turning our attention to the other side of the ball. If you look at these uh, two units, the one unit. That seems to be trending upwards is the Eagles' defense. 20th overall offensively, but 15th weighted offense. 19th passing, 18th running. Eagles' offense, you meant, right? That's what I said. Is is that not what I said? The the first time you said Eagles' defense. Okay, Eagles' offense. They're 20th overall, 15th weighted. 19th passing, 18th running. Cowboys, meanwhile, are, as we have said before, the only good unit in this game. 7th overall, 6th. Weighted defensively, 10th against the path, pass, 6th against the run. Sorry for the lisp. I think that's a result of the lozenge in my mouth. You know, we got some reviews, which we'll get to, but someone did mention that they really feel like you should probably see a doctor. <laughs> They're I think almost there's definitely legitimate correct. concern from our listening audience. And I mean, we've got two road trips here the next two weekends. Yeah, could get ugly. You're going to be on planes with germs and, yeah, I don't know. Well, the the road games have been better to me than the home games. That's true. Okay. You know what it is. You probably, I don't know, you you probably get a nice night's rest in a hotel bed. I don't know. That could be it. Maybe. Not that you don't love being home, of course. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather be home, but that's, who knows? Okay. All right. Uh, so where were we? Eagles offense against the Cowboys defense. Um, the Eagles have discovered their running game over the past two games. However, going up against a one of the league's best run defenses, do you think they will be able to lean on Josh Adams as they have over the past couple weeks? Not as much, you know. I think. Uh, those Cowboys linebackers are very, very good, as we know, Leighton Vanderesh and Jalen Smith. And so I think it will definitely be tougher. But I am very encouraged by the way the Eagles offensive line has played. You know, I, I don't remember hearing Ryan Kerrigan's name last week. Lane Johnson versus Demarcus Lawrence. That that's gonna be fun. I mean, Lane Johnson looks healthy. Now Lane did not play last game. He did not play remember. last game. Uh, he looks healthy he, he's looked healthier. He said he feels healthier. And uh, Demarcus Lawrence has been very good. He's got eight and a half sacks. I think he like exclusively lines up uh, on that side if, if memory serves. So uh, that's going to be a key matchup for sure. I mean, I think the Eagles, like you said, they're going to need they're, they're similar in sort of style right now to the Cowboys, which is weird to say, which is not what we probably expected mm-hmm. to say at the beginning of the year. They don't run the ball as well they don't have a dynamic element to their run game at the same time they've got the better quarterback 
so it, I feel like those things kind of cancel each other out. But at the end of the day, it's the same thing. Yeah, both of these teams are up there in terms of time of possession per drive, plays per drive. Neither of them are ranked very highly in any of the explosive categories. And so they're going to be need to be especially efficient uh, against this defense. And so, yeah, that could mean that will mean trying to run the ball. But if it's not working, it will mean the quick passing game, I would imagine. I think that's right. As for how the Cowboys uh, stack up against certain types of receivers, they are fifth best in the league against number ones, second best in the league against number twos, 22nd in the league against others, 19th against tight ends, 11th against running backs. That tells me that the Eagles game plan is going to once again be too much Ertz. Too much. 14 catches on 16 targets for him in the first game. So, yes, those opportunities will 100% be there. You know, the the Cowboys play sort of that Seahawks style with Chris Richard going over there in the offseason. And so the outside corners are taught. Uh, Just take away the fade. Nothing over the top, down the sideline. That's like the number one rule for them. Get a little grabby if you need to. Get a little grabby if you need to. Kerry Williams was not uh, able to do that when I was in Seattle, and so he got released. I don't know you why cannot, you, why you felt the need to throw poor Kerry Williams under the bus. I don't know. I He's a listener of, to the podcast. Well, I just thought of it. He, you know, that's it was a surprise release, and it was because he was giving up too many plays over the top down the sideline. Now they will play. It feels <clears> like they play more man coverage than the Seahawks. They did a lot of that against the Saints and were certainly very good at it. Ted Wynn. Our boy had a nice uh, film piece on theathletic.com slash Philly, and he he noted that the Cowboys are very good at disguising some of those coverages. So they don't just line up and play that cover three or uh, cover one. They'll they'll sort of mix it up and have a safety here and rotate him and do all those types of different things. So it's a game where Jason Kelsey, Carson Wentz, they need to be pretty sure about what they're seeing before the snap. Well, the good news is they've Jason Kelsey has has proven he can do that, as I've read somewhere. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Cowboys get Sean Lee back. Did you say that? No. Is that true? I believe, Why? That, I believe that's the expectation. Where where are they going to play him? <clears throat> I think uh, I heard somebody say today he's coming back and he's starting. Well, you would have to be a complete moron to replace Van, replace Van Der Esch with him at this point, in my opinion. Well, can't, I mean, they will all play together in the base, right? Maybe he'll just play in the base. I mean, the Eagles are barely going to be in base. I mean, in, here's in how the Cowboys' twelve personnel. linebacker rotation could shape up once Sean Lee is healthy. Um, this is this is not the kind of article that I want to read. <laughs> nice googling. Right there. Uh, I'll get to some other stuff. The Cowboys do have some other good players up front. Uh, Tyrone Crawford, Randy Gregory had the terrible penalties against the Saints, but uh, he'll get matched up against Jason Peters or Halapula Vadi Vaitai if Peters does not play on the other side. Uh, They don't blitz a lot. They're sort of middle of the road, so they will bring some pressure, but not at a high (coughs) frequency. Jalen Smith, the linebacker, I think he's got four sacks for anyone who can hear me over Bo's coughing, uh, so that they will have to account for him and some of those blitz schemes. It was interesting in the first matchup, Bo, when the Cowboys did not blitz, Carson Wentz averaged 9.1 yards per attempt wow so they were able to protect you know it's like you didn't even read my 10 thoughts by the way you're very surprised by i'm trying to play i'm trying to play along Uh, okay all right you're doing it trying to be a good co-host you're really convincing you're really doing a good job well to be fair i read it yesterday i don't retain the information uh so you know that tells me that the eagles were able to block up that front four pretty well which is a a pretty encouraging sign i would say you gotta block that bad boy up gotta block that bad boy up so uh when the cowboys have blitzed they have produced a pretty high number of sacks so they've been calling them uh at the right time the corners byron jones and chidobi awuzi chidobi awuzi a awuzi a you would have to you would have to give their corners an edge against the eagles wide receivers agree uh yeah 
in general, okay. yeah. <clears throat> I mean, really, if you look at I mean, the Golden Tate was worth a third-round pick, so. Oh, he's, he's, he's coming on now. He's coming on. It's part of the offense now. Seven for seven, 85 yards he's, last week. He's going, going back to the Big D where he had a big game. Oh, my gosh. You know what I'm so excited about is that uh, I get the resources tweets anytime Dallas Goddard does anything. Oh, yeah. Which it's really, you know. It, trust me, I have not been overwhelmed by those. And uh, and he's having twice the season that Hayden Hurst is having. This year. <clears throat> but uh, what are people going to tweet at you if, like, Golden Tate just carves the Cowboys up on Sunday? I mean, if the Eagles they, don't make the playoffs, the trade wasn't worth it. Okay, what if they do and he plays great down the stretch? Then the trade probably still was bad, but at least uh, it, they got something out of it. Then I feel like they might try to sign <clears throat> it, resign it. Well, that would be dumb. We'll see. Uh, I feel like the two things that the Cowboys do really well, number one, uh, rush the quarterback, which you talked about with Joe Banner today. And number two is they do not allow explosive plays. They rank, uh, I think, second best in the entire league at number of uh, explosive pass plays given up. So I, I feel like that's a good foundation for a good defense. Like, just just focus on trying to not do, you know, be good at those two things and you'll probably be pretty good. Yeah, I think that's almost exactly right. Okay. Sorry, I wasn't trying to overreact. That's I, I wasn't sure if you're still Googling like that one thing or not. No, I gave up on that. Oh, good. Persistence. Yes. Persistence okay. is the key. Right. It's the one thing that can't be stopped. I'm going to send you some more uh, Calvin Coolidge Please. quotes. Do you have any Chester B. Arthur quotes? No. Well, don't send them to me then. Okay. Um... <clears throat> what'd you think? I th- what'd you think of Joe uh, Joe Banner's answer to your Fletcher Cox question today? I have to say I disagree. Uh, yeah. Do you read the responses? Do you listen to them? <laughs> well, it was, it, well so I thought confused. it was. I actually thought it was a pretty bland response. I think that uh, that Fletcher Cox has been a little bit disappointed lately. I was more surprised by by what he said about Brandon Graham. Well, that's that's the part I was referring to. Oh, oh okay. He, he said he felt. Didn't he say he felt like. Cox and Brandon Graham are having like the same types of seasons. Yes, and I, that, that, I yeah, totally that, disagree. That's what I disagree with. I agree. Yeah, I feel like Cox has been much more impactful. Uh, I need to dig into some of these Brandon Graham numbers because you know I hear what people are saying. Sacks are and everything. I feel like in a lot of the metrics he doesn't really rank up there. I agree. You know, Co- he has Cox, not been. He, he, I mean, just you know, anecdotally, we've been watching every game. He has not been a real factor in the pass rush. His his biggest plays have been against the against the run. Yes. And, uh, you know, Cox, I think, is still fourth in quarterback hits. So that tells me, all right, he's still affecting the game. He's kind of getting close. You would like to see him make some of those game changing plays. But uh, I just feel like he's been way, way, way more impactful than Brandon Graham this year. I agree. Okay. Was there anything else from Joe Banner that you wanted to talk about? Um, I think that was it. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you think that we will see more Darren Sproles than we saw last week on offense? Yeah, I would think you would. I think so, too. He had, the, he had a nice touchdown run. Maybe he gets a little bit involved in the passing game. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't even targeted once in the passing game. So, right. yeah, I think you'll see maybe a couple screens. <clears throat> I mean, the first time the two teams played, Carson Wentz threw for what? 300 and some yards so they were able to move the ball they the didn't danger run the zone ball. you don't want to be there through between 308 and 364 right they didn't uh run the ball very effectively but they got down 13 to 3 in that game if you remember they had the the key fourth down late where nelson Aguilar did a terrible job with his route zach Ertz didn't get enough depth and they completed a six yard pass on right fourth and seven uh they had a fourth down try early in the game to josh adams that was totally stuffed similar to last week so they might not want to do that again and uh, golden tate was a real non-factor in that game but uh when he was with the lions and played this it's so weird he's playing the cowboys for the third time this season yeah and his first time with the lions he had 132 yards and kind of uh lit them up a little bit so see if he gets a little more involved and finally the uh Eagles are 19th in special teams, and the Cowboys are 21st. So neither team super dynamic on special teams. 
I know that's right. I know that's right. All right, should you, would you like to get to bird lines? Sure. Dak Prescott sacks versus Ezekiel Elliott runs over 15 yards, or 15 or more, so 15 counts. Dak Prescott sacks versus Zeke Elliott, 15 or more. Now, you know, sacks looking- of Dak Prescott, not Dak Prescott sacking the opposing quarterback. Okay. Thanks for clarifying. You're welcome. <laughs> I will say Dak Prescott sacks. I was looking at it. The Eagles actually are surprisingly not that bad at giving up huge runs. It feels like they are. Well, and also hidden in the um, – Open field yards are the uh, a bunch of quarterback runs that they've given up. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I will agree with you. Oh boy, Vegas throwing some uh, throwing some lettuce on the Eagles. It looks like down to three. Down to three. Hmm. That's just home field advantage. That's the public. That's not. That's not that's Vegas. True. We'll see what the sharps. We'll see what the sharps mm. put on it closer to game time. We will. Okay. Amari Cooper receiving yards. Versus receiving yards by Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar combined. I will take Amari Cooper comfortably there. Comfortably. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Disagree? <clears throat> I just choked up about this one. It's so tough. Uh, I, I, could, I could go the other way on this one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go the other way. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Why not? Okay. Let's have some fun. Leighton Vander Esch tackles versus times I say too much Ertz. Oh, God. You're going to make me move seats, aren't you? Well, that's up to you. That's actually up to Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz. Well, Van, well this is a good one because Vander Esch had 13 tackles. Uh, last game, and Zach Ertz had 16 targets. And as uh, anyone who sat next to you knows, it doesn't even have to be a catch for you to say it. It could just be a target. Correct. It could be nothing, and you could still say it. Yes. Now, t- but technically, I could. Um, well, I mean, you could win this one by like by maiming me. If you, yeah, I was, I was gonna say that. Like, if I punch you in the head. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I don't think that's going to get it done, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I never learned how to like throw a proper punch. My, my daughter's taking karate. And, uh, so I went to, uh, Naya's class and like, they're te- you know, they're teaching them like how to make a fist and stuff like with, you know, the thumb on the outside mm. and proper form. I'm like, I, I, this would have been very useful to me, but would it have you, you never gotten a fight. I've never gotten to fight, but you know, just sort of the horsing around stuff, like the dead arms and that stuff. Oh. I was, I was always, you know, I was taking more than I dished out in those bad boys. I'll tell you that much. Okay. My one great move that I had mm. was during a basketball camp. I had a, we were doing like a boxing out drill, and uh, you know they were making a a big point of you know get get that rump into yeah, them. Throw like, that you know, throw that A in yeah. there. And so, uh, and so my buddy that did that to up. me, and it really like nailed me. And I'm like, oh, this guy, I'm gonna get him. So next time, Ooh, he goes, he pull the chair. He, go, he goes to uh, box me out. I threw, I threw the old knee up. Oh, oh yeah, he, <laughs> oh. he, he was in pain. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you gave him the old empty chair maneuver, and then he fell on his way. ass. Yeah. No, no, I needed to uh, inflict some pain there. Wow, that's a that was a that was a. <laughs> aggressive move out of shield to the kids sounds out like there you, listening, sounds like you somebody's had boxing out too aggressively that's what you do sounds like you had some anger issues in in youth sports <laughs> this will all make sense all these references once uh people read the story on friday hopefully Corey clement rushing yards versus the longest touchdown pass for carson wentz we're going back to that well it was a popular one last week okay well we know it's not going to be over 20 for the touchdown pass, I think Corey Clement can have more than just rushing, right? You're not getting just rushing, receiver. yes. No screens. I'll say Clement. I'm taking Wentz. I believe again. Oh. You're, feeling a, you're feeling a big boy touchdown? I believe it. I believe yeah. it will come. Uh, all right, last one. Cole Beasley, yards per catch 
Ver, uh, this is not the last one. One more. Cole Beasley yards per catch versus Darren Sproles yards per, mm, let's say, catch. Mm. Well, this is a tough one because we don't even know if Sproles is going to catch a ball. I'm going to go with your boy Beasley as much as it Ooh, pains me. I'm going to take Sproles. Yeah, shocked. Last one. Josh Adams carries versus points scored by the Eagles. Josh Adams carries. I don't think he's going to get in like the 20 range that he's been in. I'm going to say points scored by the Eagles. Mm, I agree. I feel pretty good about that one. Yeah. Like if I had to, if I had to put was, a little lechuga that on was one the, of these. That's the one you'd put on it? I, that's the one. You'd go 80 turkeys on that bad boy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I say we save the crystal bald eagle, build suspense, and talk about the other things. Do we have enough time? We do. We've got about 15 minutes. Oh, okay. What are the other things? Uh, I, w- I would like your take on uh, this hullabaloo over, oh, oh, Shields, Shields boy, pretty, man, pretty boy McVeigh is such a football nerd. He knows the names of every player on the Bears' defense. This I nonsense. Actually ha- I actually have not watched <clears throat> the video. I only saw the Wade Phillips rebuttal. Wade Phillips is a is a treasure, which uh, seemed good. It was funny. The McVeigh thing is like so silly. I haven't seen it. I know the gist of it, but that's like the fault of uh, stupid football media. Like he didn't do anything, did he? He was answering a question. Like, did it feel like he was trying to show off or something during that? Uh, sorry. Hold on. I have a text from my wife that oh. uh, is a screenshot of a comment in. Uh, an athletic story. I guess it's the Joe Banner piece. And it says, I don't know if this is true. This must be a lie. This must be a lie. It says the Eagles website just posted a video of Jeff Schwartz breaking down the toss complete with diagrams for, by Coach Flynn. That must, that's a lie, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that didn't happen. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, but it was a good comment. Are you going to, are you going to, uh, Take your boy to task or no? Did you hear what I did? No, take which I was boy to task? McVeigh. Oh my gosh, you are unbelievable. <clears throat> you talk about not being able to multitask. Oh so gosh. I said I haven't watched the McVeigh thing. Uh, for all the listeners, sorry you have to hear this a second time. I watched the Wade <laughs> Phillips one. I yeah, said, I heard that part. Okay, I said it's more on the football media than McVeigh. Wasn't McVeigh just answering the, answering the question? And uh, yeah, football media I is suppose. like, oh, this is so great. Yeah, but they, they fell into the, the football media, fell into the same trap that you fall in, and you just yeah. praise everything the guy does. No, What's he I ever won? Zero I playoff games. I Lots no. of uh, spiky hair gel. I mean, he's in his second season as a head coach. but <laughs> Yeah, well, call me, yeah. call me uh, when he does something. I, I can see how people would be uh, annoyed at the love fest for sure. I mean, I, I like it for the right reasons, but it is turning me off a little bit mm. now that everybody's trying to jump on the bandwagon. Sheil is and, here uh, for the right reasons. And, and retweet these uh, weird clips. So I can, I can get on board with that a little bit. Why do you want to talk about Max Kellerman? You know, so I was doing – I was actually doing this uh, – so I have a story coming out on the Athletic Philadelphia on Friday morning about uh, Jason Kelsey's – Journey from Cleveland Heights, Ohio, to Cincinnati, to Pro Bowler, to Super Bowl champ. Overcoming the anger. Okay, it's, a, it's a great story. You got to read it. Give it all away. Okay. That's in uh, the headline. Okay. <laughs> subscribe if you don't. Don't be a jerk. This one's worth subscribing. Worth subscribing. I mean, the previous, like, hundreds, eh, probably not. This one, maybe. Anyway. This is, one, would, of those, this is one of those big ones, ladies and gentlemen. This is one of those worthwhile ones. It is long. I'll tell you that. We much. only tell you if we're being honest. We don't lie to you. Well, that's not true. Awesome. But I, w- I was listening to, uh, you know, you, you do these interviews and then you transcribe. Hmm. And uh, there was one that was especially long. And there were only certain parts that I really needed of this interview. But I, I didn't do a good job taking notes during the interview. So I had to listen to the whole thing. But I put it on one and a half speed. And I heard myself talking and asking questions at one and a half speed. 
I sound like Max Kellerman. I mean, are you there? Yeah, I'm, I, I, you, you got to bring like audio evidence of this if it's if well, we're gonna think it's interesting. Well, it's very. I mean, you can listen to this podcast. Do you want to do an impression? Right now, talk really, to- talk really fast, real quick. No, that's not what you do. I talk in my normal cadence, and then you speed it up to one and a half speed, and then maybe it'll sound like Max Kellerman. All right, give us give us a sentence in your normal cadence, talking about something that Max Kellerman would talk about. And I will cue you, and at that point, I want all the listeners to set their podcast to 1.5 speed. Ready? Well, I don't know what he talks about. What does he talk boxing. about? Boxing. I know nothing about boxing. Well, just just name, okay. name uh, like 10 boxers and different kinds of punches. I've on the got count of no three. shot at doing that. Three, two, one. Adonis Creed, a 25 to 1 underdog against whatever that guy's name was in Creed 2. I don't believe it. I don't think it's fair. I think they should have done a little bit more research when they put this movie out. I am appalled. Okay. No, that was pretty good. Thank you. Uh, Frankfurt Hall. These are things that you sent me that you wanted to talk about. Oh, okay. Well, I want you to give your version of the fork toss. Well, uh, Mike O'Connor, opposite side of the end table, of the uh, picnic table, asked for a fork. He's the, he's the one who uh, professes to be young and athletic. I thought he could handle the toss. I left it a little bit short, but uh, he couldn't haul it in, and then he knocked over his glass and broke the glass. I would say that it was uh, – I said, I said at the time it was 60-40 my fault. I'm going to say, I'll, I think that's fair. 60-40, my fault. I mean, I am ready to give a huge bird flip to you for this. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, you can't just hand over, uh, you know, so he, they're sitting at opposite corners of the, this <clears throat> picnic table. The people in the thing. middle weren't paying attention. He, we locked eyes. He knew it was coming. Mike O'Connor, great Sixers writer, great person, high character. Politely asks for a fork. Bo grabs one. Instead of being, you know, a mature adult in his 30s, where, you know, you would just hand the fork over, maybe pass it down. He's got to throw this fork over. It's a plastic fork. What are you complaining about? We all ordered separate (laughs) meals. He's got to throw the fork over to Mike O'Connor, who, I mean, is not expecting it at all. Does his best. Keep your head on a swivel. That's my other motto. The glass falls, goes crashing to the floor, glass everywhere. It was very woman, funny. The poor woman, no, no, <clears> it was <throat> embarrassing. The poor woman who's working at Frankfurt Hall has to come over. You know, she was very nice. Props to her. She said, don't worry. It happens all the time. Mike O'Connor is the <laughs> one sitting there. He's left to apologize. He's saying, sorry, sorry, sorry. You got Bo over in the corner laughing. And then he only takes (laughs) 60% responsibility, where it was 100% his fault. I mean, if I'm being quite honest, I was ready to go on this rant live there. But then in my head, I'm like, "Eh, I'm going to save this for the podcast. (laughs) I mean, wow. Bird flip to you. No throwing utensils. You're a grown man. Act like one. All right. Okay. Great, ev- great evening, though. It was a little uh, athletic uh, staff dinner meeting. Yes, we so. had a fun. We had a fun time. Nice to see everybody. Lots of shots w- <clears throat> fired. Although that will really be the, uh, you know, lasting memory. Yeah, that's the that's the lasting memory. Of I, you know what? I couldn't believe the the odds of me going to that place and not getting on the ping pong table. I was like, I was like a fiend itching the whole time, but I never got on there. I would have played. Well, you never asked. You never asked. You don't need to ask me to play ping pong. I'm always down. <clears throat> uh, reviews. Oh, the people really responded. This is, this is maybe uh, the is only true. time in Birds with Friends history where I've been proud of our listeners. You know, I gave the, the call. We were, we were recording at 4 something a.m. I said, you know, at least you could do is leave a review. And we, we got a bunch of reviews. We did. The people answered the call. People answered the call. <clears throat> very good job there. I'm trying to see. There were some very nice ones. Uh, here's one. 
Great podcast, five stars from Rage114. I feel like that would be my daughter's name if she commented. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Rage with a different number. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. That was there. the whole review? Uh, no, it says, I haven't left one in a while. Bo, people should be this sick. This, I think he meant, should Shouldn't, not be this right. sick this often <clears throat> or for that long. Go to the doctor, all caps, five stars, as always. I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah, uh, I know that's let, right. I know that's right. Let's see. Uh, nose ball, loves ball. Tremendous. Mm, this is that's great. Nick, Nick by Nick in Florida. It says, if I'm being completely honest, I'm not sure these guys actually know anything at all about football, but this is the funniest and most entertaining podcast for any Philadelphia sport. Very nice. I'll take it. And just nose ball, loves ball. It's so yeah, good. that's really good. Uh, let's see. If I ever get if I ever get some free time, what I'd like to do is is pull together some audio clips so that we can make the intro a bunch of nose ball loves ball clips. That would be good. Okay, I don't need to read them all, but thank you. Oh, oh no, this is a good one. Bathrooms with friends, five stars mm. by JMP four two eight. Would watch a show where Sheil and Bo design sinks. I like that five, one. Five stars. I like that one. Nice shot. Uh, so thank you. Keep them coming. Appreciate it, and uh, I don't know. We have nothing to give away right now, right? No. Not that we would actually follow through anyway, so just thank you for doing it anyway. Uh, we didn't get a ton of <clears throat> questions uh, for Burden Edgewise. I don't think we really promoted that well, but uh, I got one here for you. There are three pill bottles in the medicine bag, ibuprofen, vitamins, and an antidepressant. Who are you prescribing them to within the Eagles organization? Hashtag <laughs> Ask Dr. Shield. Oh man, <laughs> that is a uh, that is a fantastic one. Uh, I don't know. I f- I feel like the antidepressant one is is a little off color, probably. Right. Uh, yeah, but I think you can take it at the um, at the face value with which it was with which it was offered. I, I'm gonna make that the caffeine pills that Jesse Spano was taking back in the day. Okay, fair enough. I think that would probably go to uh, Mike Grow. I just feel like okay. he, you know, I feel like he's probably putting in very, 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 very long hours, mm-hmm. and uh, some of the struggles this season have maybe gotten to him. So I'm going to give him those. That's a good one, I think. Uh, ibuprofen. Let's see. I mean, I'm these guys think- need like ibuprofen for these guys is a is a drop in the bucket. Do you even think they <clears throat> ever would take such a such a weak thing? <laughs> no. Like probably not, right? No. <laughs> that's like that's like uh, you know get out of bed in the morning. Yeah, that's like you taking a lozenge. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's what's the point? Yeah. You just pop those bad boys, but it gives you some you know the placebo effect maybe. Uh, the, time, the time the uh, time uh, throughout my waking hours that I don't have a lozenge in my mouth is definitely shorter than the time that I do. It's not even close right now. I know, because I, I could smell it uh, the other day. Mm. It was the only time I've actually been able to smell it <laughs> sitting next to you. I wonder which one it was. If, I'm, I'm rotating between a couple right now. I don't know. I'm so, it I keeps don't have me that from case. coughing in the moment. That's You know, you know what? It actually <clears throat> does seem effective to you. I was thinking about the post-game pod. I feel like you had very few coughs during that. That's because I got these bad boys in. And the minute and like the hour leading up to that when we were writing? Correct. I thought you were going to die. So... <laughs> <laughs> they they must be doing something. Uh, I'm going to give the IB. Oh no, what, what was it? Not IB. Ibuprofen. Ibuprofen. Yeah. <clears throat> how about I'll give it to Avante Maddox? I know it won't do anything, okay. but I That's feel good. like of the injured guys out there, um, you know, he's the one that they could really use back there playing uh, safety. And then the vitamin. Uh, Vita Vita Vegemin. Let's see. What will I go with this one? Who who needs a little, little vitamin? Hmm. You got a good one here? How about, how about Darren Sproles? He could use a vitamin, yeah, right? That's a good one. <clears throat> that's a good keep, that's definitely a good one. Keep him young for uh another couple young weeks. and healthy for a few more weeks here. That's it. All right, last okay. question. Uh what does Sheil enjoy less? Plus territory punts or watching Corey Graham play safety? <laughs> Man, that's a very that's a great question. I I want to get the uh, ask, hashtag ask Dr. Shield trending. That's a good one. But I I feel like I will say punts in plus territory because that's like you're in control of it. You're the one being gutless. 
pathetic, what are you doing? Corey Graham, I really have no ill will towards him. Yeah. He's, he's old. And, uh, Despite he can't, what you've said about him. <clears throat> well, he just can't play very well anymore, but that's not his fault. Yeah. I feel like normally, you know, my rules for crushing a actual player, it's usually like effort, uh, saying something stupid, blatant racism. Yes. You know, those are those are kind of the buckets where I'll, I'll come out and so, just crush you. So just Riley Cooper then? Well, yes. He's, for all three? Yeah, he's absolutely fits the bill. The trifecta. But, uh, Corey Graham doesn't fit any of those. He's out there trying. I You're mean, right. I think you can you can crush him for the fourth and 15. I feel like that's fair. Uh, he's a veteran in the league. He should not uh, have been so confused in that moment. But uh, in terms of the just being physically outmatched at times, um, you know, what's he going to do? That's the organization's fault or injuries. It's not even the organization's fault, yeah. really. And very obviously a quick uh, flip of the bird to the Eagles organization for their uh, players throwing cornhole. Uh, Jeffrey Larry more defensible than the taboo thing. I mean, that was a real thing that happened. They were allowed to do stuff also, but I mean, on the heels of the taboo thing, they should have they should have nipped that in the bud. Are they doing that <clears throat> uh, that if you don't write the, the 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 tremendous story after the game? Probably not. Well, okay. All right, Shield. We've got three and a half minutes for our Crystal Bird Eagles. Oh boy! All right. I I, I have not. I don't even know what I'm doing here. I have I have no idea what I'm picking. All right. Well, then I can go first. Okay. I was I was on the fence about this pick. I'm still on the fence. I do believe in the Cowboys' defense, but when it came down to it, I thought the Eagles have the better quarterback. The Eagles have the better coach. The Cowboys have been gassed up quite a bit, and the Eagles' offensive line has played very well. And so I think this is going to be a close game. I think both teams will move the ball. I think whichever defense comes up with a more red zone stops, I know that's sort of a cop-out, but it is how I feel, and there could be a randomness to it. Whichever defense comes up with more red zone stops, that team will win. I think the Eagles wow. are going to pull this out. Wow. You came full circle. Full circle. Again, I don't feel very confident about it, but you know, you got to make a pick at this point in the week. I'm going to go Eagles, same score as I predicted last week. Eagles 24, Cowboys 23. You know, I want to pick the Cowboys uh, because you picked the Eagles. But uh, I also, you know, I have been thinking all along that, that the only thing that I really feel strongly about is that the Cowboys are being overrated because of their performance uh, against the Saints and because they are such a... Uh, ratings bonanza take-wise. And I think that I, I I agree that Carson Wentz, you know, this is a chance for him to uh, get back in the conversation, have a statement game. I trust him more than I trust Dak, trust Dak obviously. I trust the coaching staff more. I, I can't believe this is, an, this is a very, very flawed Eagles team. But I, I, I think I'm going to get fooled again. I'm taking the Eagles. Wow. 20 podcast. Four to 20. A game winning, a game winning touchdown drive led by Carson Wentz. Mm. That would provide some juice. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I can't believe it. I can't believe we both picked the Eagles with a Homer podcast. I agree. Pathetic. Yeah. All right. Well, any parting words? No, you got to sign off before you lose your memory or whatever. We got 50 seconds. That's okay. all kinds of time. I got nothing. All right. Uh, Talk go to you from AT&T Stadium. We will. Sunday night. Go read Shields, Jason Kelsey's story. It's fantastic. I would say uh, maybe his finest work. Really? Huh. Yeah, it's very good. Oh, thanks. A lot of, you, can tell, you can tell that you, you put a lot of work into it. Mm, all right. There's no doubt well, about that. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Enjoy your weekends. And remember, as always, we love you.